our, again, our New Testament scripture is the gospel according to Luke, chapter 13, starting with the 31st verse. Hear ye the word of the Lord. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He, that he is Jesus, said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way for because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. God's word for God's people and God's people said amen. amen. You may be seated. We have a desire in our lives to feel safe. That desire to feel safe determines what neighborhood we live in, what areas we shop at, uh, how much information we share about what we have and what we're doing with our friends. The desire to feel safe determines what kind of decisions we make or how, what way we take to work. It, it determines a lot of things in our lives. And we not only want to ensure our own safety, we want to ensure the safety of those around us. Not just physical safety, but security. What's going to happen to our children when we are no longer here? Some of us are in a sandwich generation where we are not only taking care of our children, but we are taking care of our parents as well. How are we going to handle all of that pressure? We tell our children not to talk to strangers for safety. I would argue that one of the reasons a lot of us hate going to the hospital is because it shows us how much we cannot protect our loved ones. It's horrible sitting in that waiting room, waiting on a report for whether or not your loved one is going to survive or not. Are they going to be safe? Are they going to be secure? That's a horrible feeling, especially when you can't do anything about it. Sitting there powerless, waiting on a report from someone else. Some of us don't watch the news anymore because of how the news makes us feel. Report after report of crime and house burning down and all of these different things happening where these people are no longer safe. It's a horrible feeling being unable to protect someone you love, being unable to protect someone you care about. We are concerned with our own safety and those of our loved ones around us. Psychologists even argue about it for the fight, flight, fight or flight response whenever there's danger. Mm -hmm. 
when there's danger, you either fight the danger or you run from the danger. But both of those things are out of a desire to feel safe. We worry about whether or not we have enough money for retirement. And when we're in retirement, how are we going to make it last? We desire to be safe and protect those closest to us. And it causes us heartache when we cannot protect those we love. Jesus was experiencing that in the text that heartache of not being able to protect those that he loved. In the text, we're joined with the Pharisees talking to Jesus, and they're telling telling Jesus to get away from here. Uh, The scholars are not sure about whether the Pharisees actually liked Jesus or not. We kind of get into that mode, and the Pharisees are often painted as a bad person but they're just those who studied the law mm-hmm. and were trying to follow the law because that's what they loved. And so some people will paint the Pharisees as a bad person, or a Pharisee as a bad person, and some people will paint them not so bad, just someone who was doing what they thought was right. But I say that to say that in Luke, the gospel according to Luke, there is some debate on whether or not they really had Jesus' best interest at heart by telling him that Herod wanted to kill him. Mm. Uh, Some people questioned that they wanted him to get out of the area that he was in because the area that he was in, casting out demons and performing sickness and healing those people, was a place that the Pharisees didn't have much control over. Hmm. So some people think that, hey, they wanted him out there so they could get him somewhere else so that they could punish him. Hmm. They could harm him. They could hurt his safety where he was at. And that they could rather do, they would have had more influence in Judea if they would have done that thing. But whether or not they think, or or there there were others as well that thought that the the Pharisees were truly concerned about Jesus' safety. He was, during this time, however, a rabbi, and nobody really wants to see a rabbi get killed, a teacher of the scripture. But whether or not there was any concern or, 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 or confusion over whether or not the Pharisees had the best interest at heart, they knew for a fact, the text makes it very clear, that Herod wanted him dead. Hmm. Uh, this is Herod, and this gets kind of confusing when you look up Herod in the Bible because there are so many Herods okay, in the Bible. Okay, okay. You have a royal family that did a lot of uh, intermarriage. Hmm. The family tree didn't have very many branches out. And not only did the family tree not have very many branches out, a lot of people ended up with the same name. Mm. So there were plenty of Herods to go around. But this Herod that they're referring to is uh, Herod Antipas. And he was the tetrarch or the ruler over Galilee at the time. A political figure that had kind of weaseled his way to the top. And... uh, This is the same Herod that had beheaded John the Baptist Mm -hmm. related to Jesus. So here he is. They they say in the text around Luke 9, 9, he wants to meet with Jesus. But by the time we get to chapter 13, he wants to kill Jesus 
Oh, how a friend or someone who is interested in you can change their mind in an instant. Those that want to meet no longer want to meet. They want to harm. And so it's very clear that this political person who arose to power and has, does not have their be- your best interests in mind now wants to kill Jesus. It's not safe. He calls him a fox. Jesus does. Says, tell that fox. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures here today and tomorrow. It's not a good thing to be called a fox back then. Foxes were considered dangerous animals. They were sly and cunning and in, 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 in certain metaphors, a fox was a, is, a, is a metaphor for, uh, in the Old Testament for destruction. Mm-hmm. So the Hebrews thought foxes destroyed things, and the Greeks thought that foxes were sly and cunning and the type of person that you wouldn't necessarily know what they were thinking when they talked to you. Mm-hmm. Those you couldn't really turn your back to because you might find something stuck in it. Mm-hmm. Can't trust them. But there it was. So he knew better. He knew exactly how to handle Herod. And he laments, Jesus does. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. That name calling twice is important in the text. Uh, Whenever God calls your name twice, it means something important. It means that God has work for you to do. Uh, God called Abraham twice in Genesis. Abraham, Abraham, and told him to get up out of his land because he was going to make him a great nation. In, in Exodus, he called Moses twice through the form of a burning bush. Moses, Moses. He called Samuel's name twice in 1 Samuel. When God calls your name twice, there's work to be done. And so he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. There is important work to be done. And Jesus feels pain about not being able to protect the people. So he laments. The fate of Jerusalem and the fate of Jesus are going to be intertwined. Uh, Jesus gives a prophecy. In the text, he says that the land will soon be destroyed. Some translations of the text say that their house will be desolate. We've seen a desolate house before, empty, torn out. And when houses are desolate, they're open to be vandalized. Jesus was trying to tell the people that your house is going to be vandalized. Your house is not safe. And not only was it not safe, but it was going to be unsafe for a very long time. But despite the desolation, despite the lamentation that Jesus had gave about Jerusalem, he was still determined. So despite the lamentation and despite the desolation, Jesus had determination. 
Uh, in spite of Herod Antipas and his threats against Jesus, Jesus would not allow what he was talking about to destroy his work. Mm-hmm. We have to be focused when we have work to do. Jesus is going to go to Jerusalem eventually, mm-hmm. just not right now. He has some things to do. And so he has work to be done. And because he has that work to be done, he is not fearful of his safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, today and tomorrow and the third day. Those weren't physical days or 24-hour cycles that Jesus was talking about when he was in Jerusalem because there's plenty more to the gospel according to Luke before Jesus actually goes to Jerusalem. But he understood that the time was short. When we operate in modes of our safety, we have to understand that today and tomorrow are metaphors. The time is short. When he finishes his course, the destiny will be there. No one can interrupt his destiny. That's why he says it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. So regardless of what the Pharisees had in for him, regardless of what Herod Antipas had for him, he knew he was safe because he was on a mission. All right. And he knew he had to accomplish his mission because the time was short. Jesus desired to protect the people as a hen protects their children. Something I didn't learn until recently when I moved down to Texas, I like eggs. I like to eat scrambled eggs with cheese. I'm a fan of that food. But I got to working with people who have lived on small farms. And those that I know that have lived on small farms don't like eggs. How can you not like eggs? The chicken house is right there. You can walk into the chicken house and get you some eggs. And somebody had to sit me down and explain it to me. Johnny, you have not had to collect eggs before. And if you ever had to collect eggs before, you would understand why I don't like eggs. Multiple people in multiple different situations at multiple sites don't like eggs. Why? Because to get the eggs, you got to deal with the mother. (laughs) They have to wear gloves that run all the way up their elbows because when they walk into the chicken coop, the mother hen is going to pick them. It's going to pluck at them. It doesn't matter how big you are, how strong you are. You coming for my children, I'm coming for you. So they hide the eggs so that you can't find them. You go look in the nest and they're not there. You go looking all around, they'll take them out of the chicken coop, out down the street and around the corner somewhere else on the farm so that they can protect those eggs. So when I think about Jesus saying that he desires to protect us, like a hen brooding over the wings, they will, even to the point that when a fox comes, they will put themselves in between the fox and the children because they understand they have a job to do. They protect us. And so while we wonder about our safety, While we wonder about what's going to happen when we're no longer here, we can understand 
that God will provide. God is a nurturing God. God is a providing God. God is a protecting God. He knows the number of hairs we have on our head. The Bible says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He will protect us from dangers seen and unseen. We won't be afraid of the arrows by day or any damage that's done to us by night because God protects us. So protecting God, a providing God, and provides the best protection plan we could ever have. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. God protects us. And so he protects us. And because we know that he protects us, he provides a solid plan. And it was a plan that was executed to perfection. He says that no prophet can be destroyed outside of Jerusalem because he knew what was going to have to happen when he came to Jerusalem. He was telling Herod that you can't kill me now because it's not my time. You're not going to be able to kill me until they say, blessed who comes in the name of the all Lord. Right, all right. And so what would be coming before that would be Hosanna, Hosanna, mm-hmm. blessed who comes before in the name of the Lord. So he knew that it wasn't his time because he knew that he was going to have to go to Jerusalem. And I said it last week and I'll say it again. There are things I like about the gospel according to Luke. But one of those things that I like about the gospel according to Luke is the 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 importance he places on Jerusalem because Jerusalem was where he was going to have to be put before Pontius Pilate and suffer. Jerusalem was where he was going to have to go and get whipped with a cat of nine tails. Jerusalem was where he was going to go before he got to go from person to person and everyone trying to find something wrong with him so that he would give up his life for us. Jerusalem was where he was going to have to go to carry that heavy cross. Jerusalem was where he was going to have to go to be put up between two thieves. Uh Jerusalem was where he was going to have to go. Well, while they were beating him, he was going to have to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jerusalem was where he was going to have to go. And when he was on there hanging on the cross, say, into my hands, I commit thy spirit. Uh Jerusalem was where he was going to have to go. And it wasn't his time yet. He didn't worry about the fox in front of him because he had the protection like a hen. He was worried about, and and Jerusalem was where he was going to go and give himself up for us. Jerusalem was where he was going to go and rise from the dead. And guess what? That's not where the story ends. He's coming back again. And because he did all of that, we have our own safety. Because he did all of that, we have our own protection. Because he did that, we have our own security. That whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will have everlasting life. And that is the best safety you can ever have. It may not matter what's going on right now, but it will be better by and by. As the songwriter said, now I know who holds my hand. There's safety in holding the hand. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. The doors of the church are open and we invite you to come.